Nine Podcasts. I'm Elise. And I'm Tom. As Oscar Wilde once said, Ultimately, the bond of all companionship, whether in marriage or in friendship, is conversation. Welcome to our husband-wife podcast, The Elliot Exchange. What could possibly go wrong? Find out with us by tapping the follow or subscribe button on The Elliot Exchange wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to The Elliot Exchange. Now, Tom... Have you had a haircut? I have. Um, I've made a specialty of trying to find the cheapest haircuts possible. <laughs> At shows. And it's interesting because, you know, you think as time goes on and costs, you know, most things get more expensive. And I thought, I'll never find a haircut for less than $20. Now, once I found a place in the city that catered to overseas students. Right. And it was $10 for a haircut. Unfortunately, that place closed down during all the lockdowns. But I did find a little barber shop not far from where we live and I walked in and I said how much is a haircut they said $13 so that's probably it's an unusual price when yeah, you think about yeah, it 13 yeah. anyway this is pretty good now there is a price to be paid and no it's not necessarily a bad haircut although I know you have your views on this so it's $13 because they're training young barbers <laughs> yeah. and so the haircut takes about an hour when in my case it should take about 10 minutes but time is money Tom I know well but firstly, these trainee barbers have all gone to taxi driver slash hairdresser chatting school. Right. How's your day? Oh, what are you up to tonight? Oh, with this haircut, you'll look really sharp. How's the weather? Well, you know, who do you barrack for? <laughs> and, you know, I don't know whether it's impolite to just sort of say, look, I actually didn't come here to talk. So anyway, I just sort of... So you got, you've got banal chatter. Banal chatter. And then you've got, what do you want? And you have to describe it to them. And, then and they, how complicated is your well, exactly. hair? Exactly. <laughs> number two clippers around the back and side, number four on top. And I could hear it go, number two back and side, number four on top. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. But so, so they do it and yeah. it takes a long time. And then they say, I have to go and get the teacher to come and have a look at it. So the like, <laughs> like, instructor has to come and observe it. And the instructor <laughs> must have spent 20 minutes telling this poor girl everything she'd done wrong. She says, it's a simple haircut, but simple doesn't mean easy. Right. You know, simple can mean complicated. What if this guy gets on the tram and one sideburn is longer than the other sideburn and they're talking about me as though I'm not there, as though I'm just like a mannequin that they're practicing on. But you are, darling. That's so, the cost you're paying. And so then she did the whole haircut again as though there was half the hair that she'd missed. And I was going, oh, look, it's fine. You know, I can't just leave. Anyway, I felt sorry for her. So I gave her $20 in the end and said, keep the change. for very magnanimous. <laughs> but, but that's not the only shocking follicular foray you've had. What about the barber of Baghdad? Oh, well, so, so this terrible. is another barber shop near our house. And I yeah. went there and it's called the barber. Again, cheap. Cheap. And it was called the barber of Baghdad. And, and Therein seriously, lies the warning. So the barber looks like Saddam Hussein. Oh, it's a good start. Who's no longer with us. But <laughs> anyway, he had the moustache and the whole thing. He might have even worn a beret. I'm not sure. Anyway, and um, he didn't have a gun. And, um, and so he does the haircut and that's fine. And then he goes, you want wax? I said, what do you mean? Wax, Iraqi man, very hairy. <laughs> This is what he said. Right. So I said, all right, what's wax? Anyway. So, so you he, just said, yeah, you didn't know yes. what it was. So he yes. could have waxed so, anything. So what he did was he, he puts this pink wax on the end of like an icy pole yeah, stick yeah. and curls it around and then he sticks it in your ear. What? Then he sticks it in your other what? ear. And then he sticks it up your nose. Right. And? So you've got icy pole sticks 
coming out of your <laughs> looking, eye. Looking hot. And then, and then he puts it across the bridge of your nose, across your forehead. Yeah, right. And then he waits five minutes and then he tears them all out. <laughs> and, and he shows you the hair that comes out of your ear. Do you ear. have hair in your ears? Well, most men do above a certain age. And... <laughs> You know, and he repeated that Iraqi men were very hairy, and this is why they did it. And and you know, he waxed you for it. Oh, I had tears coming out of my <laughs> eyes. It was so painful. <laughs> what, how, did it tr- how did it go out your nose? How did that work? Quite a lot. As so in, just, just like, tore it out. Like So he tore the... Like the, ripping off a Band-Aid. Right, but worse. But worse. Is that why you came home all red I had all crying? pink skin and tears coming out of my eyes. Oh. Anyway, so <laughs> that, that was also around $20, and, and certainly it was an experience. Why don't you just cough up a little bit more and get a proper haircut? Well, what is a proper haircut? A haircut is when the hair has been cut away from your head. <laughs> and if it costs $10 or $200, it's the same uh, result at the end. I have a friend who's normally quite uh, thrifty with his money, but when it comes to haircuts, he spends $200. And I saw him the other night and I said, look, you know, your hair's gone grey, you know, I mean, all those expensive haircuts, it's made no difference whatsoever. <laughs> And you, I mean, look, if you are getting a cut and it's just clippers and you specify the length of the clippers and where you want them to do it, I don't see why it needs to cost a lot of money. It really is that simple. You haven't been tempted to go a bit of hair dye. You are a silver fox, but you could go that great, you know, that washed out black that a lot of men of a certain age have. I've got got another friend who we call salt and pepper for that very reason. He goes, grey, 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 grey. Oh, suddenly it's black again. Grey, grey, grey. And he doesn't realise how ridiculous he looks. Remember during lockdown, I cut Ava's hair and it was almost like Edward Scissorhands had done it after a bottle of port. No, you did a good job. You I cut did my not, hair. No, it was, it was cro- I, Your hair was all right. Her hair was really crooked with a long bit at the back. So my, my advice is leave it to the experts and you pay for what you get. Tom, philosophers and child experts are now urging us to accept the brutal truth that comes out of our kids' mouths. You know, they say out of the mouths of babes. Wisdom. Wisdom, correct. Sometimes it's quite tough, though, when kids tell you the truth. And I've just dug up this very special uh, drawing our daughter did, and it's called Daddy's Big Wolf Castle. And Mm. there's a, a very elaborate castle there. And in one turret, there is King Daddy. I'm your king. Well, I didn't vote for you. You don't vote for kings. In another, there is Princess Ava. She's beautiful, she's rich, she's got huge tracts of land. Both looking very regal. Where's Mum? Can't see her in the castle. And you just go down, 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 down. Where's Mum? Down in the village. There's some lovely filth down here. Village girl Mama looking, looking like a total reject from the castle. What? Is this this sort of a metaphor for our family? I mean, there is the hierarchy of our family writ large. Well, I mean, our daughter, and obviously this was drawn some time ago, but I think if she drew it today, it it wouldn't be very different. She might draw a spaceship (laughs) instead of a castle. But so, you know, she sees you doing a lot of household tasks, some of them less than pleasant, you know, scrubbing out the the lavatory, (laughs) unpacking the dishwasher, (laughs) putting the rubbish in the bin, all those things. jobs that all of you are capable of, may I add. But, but, you know, like you're you're the best at them. So (laughs) under the theory of economic specialisation, that's what you should do. And she sees that and, you know, and, and obviously she just views me differently. I just swan in and, you know. <laughs> this is terrible. Make pronouncements about things. This is very distressing. I mean, just... And, 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 you know, what little girl doesn't see herself as a princess? 
And she understands there's got to be a hierarchy. But have you seen the state of me? I look like well, I've got some Dickensian disease. Well, like know. my hair's a mess. Uh, I'm, well, down, I'm down in... I, I, I just think down that and out. It's well, it, you can. And the great thing is in life, you can always improve your station. You know, we do live in a classless society here uh, in Australia. So I'm going to improve my station and stop doing all that crap around the house. And you two can lift your act. How about that? But but I think this sort of brutal honesty is quite good. I remember in grade seven at school, 1980, and teachers back then were uh, far more blunt in their assessments of your shortcomings. And my PE teacher in my report wrote, Thomas is overweight <gasps> and needs to lose half a stone. Oh. And he was right. Were you a little, little I was bit a bit chubby. pudgy Wait, that, that year. explains so much because you're quite obsessed with the body beautiful yeah. now. But Wait, the, did, were you scarred, sweetheart? No, I wasn't scarred. I, I think I, you were. No, I appreciated the teacher's honesty. Were you? But how, how chubby were you? No, not particularly chubby. Oh, but, come on. No, but back then he just thought, this guy himself, you know, he was into gymnastics and he had 200 pairs of running shoes and he was yeah, yeah. somewhat A bit odd. like you are today. Hello, Mr. Marshall, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> but- you know, he was very blunt in his assessment. Yeah. And uh, I remember I had another teacher who thought that, again, going back to the early 1980s, we had the shorts with that were sort of cut quite high up the uh, – Oh, like those AFL the, up, shorts were great. No, no, but these were ones that had a sort of a slit in them so you could run. Like stubbies? No, no, they were they were sort of silky running shorts. Oh, and and mine, he thought, had just uh, were cut too high. And he said, now – Come on, Thomas, you're a big, strong lad these days and uh, we don't need to show off too much to the parents <laughs> and the girls, do we? And again, I don't, I don't think, again, teachers would say that sort yeah, of thing so, these days. So maybe honesty, honesty can be good, but you can't be hurtful. I remember as a young girl, we had a builder and he had very curly hair and was totally bald on top and yeah. had a big red nose. Yeah. And I said to mum, mummy, why does Mr X look like a clown? <laughs> and was the builder there? Yeah, he yeah, heard. Right. I still remember, and mum really told me off, and she said, you know, you can't say hurtful things. So I think you really shouldn't be brutally honest if it's hurtful. I learnt that lesson. Well, I, I, I think these days we sugarcoat things far too much. Like right. I just think, you know, like people need to know the truth. Like what about fashion choices? Like I, I'm let yours go through the keeper. I don't say anything about but, it. But people like my fashion choices. Not everybody's brave enough to wear them, I agree. So I, I, I say to kids, look, tell your parents exactly what you think. For example, our daughter has also said to me, Daddy, you look quite old this morning. Or, um, uh, Daddy, uh, when I showed her something on Facebook, his Facebook is for grandparents right. and stuff like that. <laughs> or when I play music in the car to other children, she goes, Daddy, that's boomer music. No, well, actually, our music's really deemed cool again. It's sort of gone full circle. Not all The of only it. thing Ava says I'm hideously embarrassing with is when I try and be cool with lingo. So I'm really stuck in Gen X lingo. And, and it's, it's brutal. Is there a lingo for Gen X? Yeah, you'd be surprised. Because I, I, I regale the children with rhyming slang. So I say, when I'm dressed up, I wear a bag. That's a bag of fruit, a right. suit. Yeah. When I go to the lavatory, I go to the jean tunny. That's the dunny. <laughs> if I've got, you know, the folding stuff in my wallet, that's the bug's bunny. You know, if you've had a bad day, you've had a shocker, you've had a Barry Crocker. Yeah. <laughs> and this stuff just goes on and on Do you realise you've actually become quite eccentric? Well, I don't think rhyming slang is eccentric. I just think it's quite funny. <laughs> and it's a little code so that, you know, you can set yourself apart from others. You know, you don't wear a hat, you wear a tit for tat. Yeah. You don't have a mate, you have a china plate. Uh, 
the footy, you have a horse. You have a no. A, you no, have a, you a dog's have eye. Dog's eye with dead horse. With dead horse. Got a it. pie and sauce. Right. Got it. Got it. Speaking of honesty, this leads me into something. You know, you've got to stop saying embarrassing things about me on air. Like, you called me a Karen on radio last week. That was so, A, embarrassing and B, wrong. Well, how how is it embarrassing if it's wrong? (laughs) Because people thought it was right. You know, can I honestly say that I am the opposite? In, In fact, to my detriment, I'm the opposite of a Karen. Right. My, my theory is, in particular, in cafes and restaurants, be polite, treat staff in, in a really kind manner. Like, I always use people's names. Yes. I always ask them about things. And, you know, you don't want to end up like James Corden. He's now the restaurant villain, misbehaving, using his status to get... Uh, well, okay, so he, he sent back an omelette because it had a bit of egg white and I'd never heard of an all-yolk omelette. But let's, let's just go through objectively... Brutal honesty, uh, your status as a Karen. So, you drive an SUV, <laughs> you have blonde bobbed hair. <laughs> this is terrible. Once in a cafe, you what? asked for eggs on multigrain toast yeah, and yeah. it arrived and it was white sourdough toast, yeah. not multigrain, and you sent it back <laughs> and said, look, I, I don't mean to be difficult, but I would like to see the manager. I did. I a different toast. Oh, I was so sorry. And the other day, the other day, we, we ordered, we had a different place and we, I ordered uh, our daughter a hot chocolate yeah. and she said she wanted a large one, so I paid for a large one. And when it arrived, it was small. Yeah. And she said, Daddy, take it back. I said, no, it's not worth worrying about. And you grabbed it and marched up to the poor barista and said, now, look, we have paid for a large oh hot chocolate. Oh, my God, this and is then, such And then a when she gave you the, the large hot chocolate yeah. for free in yeah. addition to the small one, you were oh. so happy. Now <laughs> – if that's not the definition of a Karen, <laughs> I don't know so, what is. So wrong. Only last night I was filming in country Victoria and I had to order Uber Eats because nothing in the town was open. And I got two meals mm. and I gave one to the guy that worked at the hotel and I wrote the nicest letter to Uber Eats. I said, look, I feel really dreadful, but you actually charged me for two and I got two, but just thought I'd let you know. And that it was such a nice... Nice little message to them. They actually refunded everything and I fed the guy at the, but, the hotel. See, here's the thing. You are thrilled that you actually got two <laughs> meals for nothing, which means that a restaurant in country Victoria has been deprived of $45 or oh, whatever no. it was. Again, are you a Karen? <laughs> now, a show full of segues today. You calling me a Karen leads nicely into not really caring what people think once you turn 50. This comes off Trini Woodall. She was famous for the What Not to Wear program. She's become a bit of an entrepreneur with makeup and things. And she yes. said, I've turned 50 and I just don't care anymore. It's quite liberating. I don't think you've ever cared what people think. No. In fact, I trace that back to the late, great Demis Roussos. Right. Who he, he, sto- uh, he stopped caring sometime in the mid-70s. Around my friend, the wind. Which, by the way, is another euphemism for, for doing a Royce heart. Um, <laughs> let's throw that in. Just, just as an aside, you know he's into caftans. Is that your next sartorial well, what I'm step? Is, I think you'll be in them soon. Well, see, Dennis Russo stopped caring. He stopped caring about how he looked. He did, I think it's safe to say, start to let himself go a little bit. 
And the, the caftan is the, the garb of choice for when, you know, let's be honest, you're starting to stack on the kilos. You know, it's such a small step from Hawaiian shirt to caftan. I know. In fact, there's even ones with similar patterns on them. Um, Are you paving the way for this? The, the, one of our colleagues at the radio station, Peter Grubby Stops, started a few years ago wearing only elastic waisted trousers. Mm-hmm. And I've accused him of letting himself go just a little bit. Because once your trousers have an elastic waist, you're sort of saying, you know, if it's this big or this big, it doesn't really matter. It spares us the builder's crack that we see with you and your cheap Kmart shorts. It does, Maybe you should get elastic in the back well, of Well, I don't know about that. But the thing is, I think when you get older, the reason you don't care is you know what you like, right? You like a certain sort of music. Like, I like it now when we go and see – like, if you go and see a band that you liked when you were young and the members of the band are even older than what you are now – the point is, they start the show at 8.30 and they finish at 10 because everybody's got to get home. And the old days, it was, you know, start at 11.30, two yeah, hours yeah, after yeah. the scheduled time and finish at 2 in the morning and it didn't matter. But no one wants that anymore. I think it, not caring about what people think, though, you've got to be careful because, you know, you've got to have a bit of empathy as well. So you've got to be conscious and conscientious of, of, of how people feel in certain situations. Yeah, of course. But I think what I'm learning to say is no more. Say to no things. to things. Yeah. Like for example, I'm really if someone bad at says, saying no. I can't say no. If someone says, oh, are you interested in the opera? Like, I'm not going to pretend to be interested in the opera because guess what? I'm not. Same with ballet. Same with musicals. You're just a you are a Neanderthal when it comes to culture. Well, no, it's not a it's culture with a K. But it's not, I'm not a Neanderthal. I just I just know it. Like I remember 30 years ago, I was asked to go and watch a chamber orchestra, and I went there because some friends were going, and it, I actually fell asleep. All that time that you made me go to Les Miserables. <laughs> Have I said that right? The Miserables, and I said, oh, you stood up the, the back. Remember? Well, I sat at the oh, back, my God. and I fell asleep. And then you woke me up and I said, and the lights were on. Said, I said, oh, is it finished? <laughs> and you said, no, it's only half time. But don't you think it's nice to, to meet someone halfway if they've got an interest and they're a friend of yours or indeed your wife? Well, okay, but if, if we have enough things that we do together, you know, I don't want to be part of your book group, for example, or anything like that. So, no, I, no, I just think – you wouldn't be allowed in. I, I, well, I'm a man for a start, so that's, that's not going to work, is it? Although <laughs> these you, days, you know, who A knows? man who only reads sci-fi. Yeah. I mean, there's – some knockout criteria right there. So, uh, and it, look, let's be honest, like getting older has very few benefits. Yeah. Try and explain this to the young people, they won't believe you. But knowing what you like and saying no to things and, you know, just, just doing what, what actually makes you tick is one of the few benefits of ageing in my view. Thanks for listening. Tap the follow or subscribe button on the Elliot Exchange wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to rate, review and share it with your friends. Follow Elise Elliot underscore media on Instagram to keep up with everything happening on the Elliot Exchange. Or send me a message if you have a question or a topic you'd love us to chat about. So, Tom, what I've learned this week is you do need to spend more on haircuts. And I'm no better than the village people when it comes to the house hierarchy. And what I've learned this week is that there is a hierarchy in our home and the good news is I'm at the top of it, not the bottom. And when it comes to my haircuts, you wouldn't notice the difference. There was one time you paid for me to have an expensive haircut, aka it was $80 or something. I couldn't tell the difference between that and the $20 version. Listener.